the past. You may ever do that? Everybody think about the past. I saw a picture of me and Julie when we got married, and I'm like, what happened? Uh, that guy had hair. He was thin. He could he could move around. And don't you all long for days like that? You you, you remember the things in the past. You remember how good things were, and you, you think, man, you, you, it's amazing. We don't really always remember the bad things. We tend to try to remember the good stuff. And I said, man, I I, I, I long for those days when I used to could actually bend over, touch my shoes, tie my own shoe without having to worry about passing out. You know, and I said, man, that, that was that was the day. And, and then you get to looking around in the world that we live in today, how it's just just falling apart and just to turn on the TV. And you're like, you know, it, one, if you guys in the news would just shut up for a little bit and just just tell the truth, don't give your opinion, things might be a little bit better. But what we get is just horrible stuff constantly. And so it got me really thinking, and, and I was thinking about things in the past and, and remembering things about different churches and stuff. And I want us to look at, the. this is the, the first church here in Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. And I'm just going to read something to you right quick. And, and it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in the breaking in bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and good and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, and did eat their meal with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And when you read this, man, you see a, a church that was spiritually on fire. It was alive. Things were happening, and and it was exciting. It was fresh, and and, and you know, and, and for the next day to see what God had in store. What else could happen? And and, and you you think about how great it was, but you know, something's happened. You ever thought about that? Something has happened. and But uh, I've looked at it. It's the same God. It's the same gospel. It, it's the same Holy Spirit. Church went from excitement to uh, try to figure out a word to call it. I said, well, is it contentment? Is it complacency? Or is it just like the wood ain't wet no more and the fire don't want to start? But something seems to have just sucked the life today. It's not just here, and it's everywhere. You say, whoa, 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 preacher, I've seen these churches that are alive. And I'm glad when you hear of a church that is alive. But the thing is, what about its stability and its staying power? Because, see, the guy, that's, that's the thing. You have a flash. How many of you ever started? How many of you barbecue? Guys, y'all ever barbecue in here? When you start that fire up, you know, hey, it, it, it's good. I mean, it, just, it comes up. But it, but. Does that do the cooking? No, it's got to burn down. It's got to simmer. It's got to be just right. But see, something's happened. We went from the flash to the simmering to, is there even a fire in that thing anymore? It makes you wonder, what happened that, that we've lost this? I, you know, and I got to thinking, I said, I bet if when everybody came in today, if I passed out two pieces of paper, and I said, what I want you to do, 
today is I want you to write every complaint you got about the church. Anything that's wrong, anything you don't like, write it down on that piece of paper. And then on the other paper, I want you to take it, I want you to write down what's right, what's good. And I said, you know, I bet if we did that, our stack of complaints would probably be about yay high, and you wouldn't even see the stack of good stuff. See, our problem became is we started looking and we're not looking at the right thing. We're not not doing as the Bible tells us to. It's our attitude and and our actions. Listen, Listen to this. This is one of my favorite verses in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And he says this, he says, Wherefore, see, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Let us run, now listen to this one word, with patience the race that is set before us. So here he's telling, he said, man, we, we, we've got a, a great cloud of witnesses. we got people watching the church. I, I, I was driving to work, and all week long, I've heard the same commercial. And it says, you know why people don't go to church? And, and he says, it's, it's not because the church is full of hypocrites, because it is, and we are, we know it. You, I mean, you, you can't say you're not, because we are. But the problem is, the church quit inviting people to church. So that, that's where that's what's happened. So we got this great cloud of witnesses. People are watching us. Well, you're a Christian. Well, if you're a Christian, do I need what you got? Then, then he said, hey, then we got to lay aside all these weights and these sins. See, we're to live a life that's, that, that is not a sinful life. It's not a life that, that, that burdens or, or weighing us down. It is a life that, that is ready to run with patience the race that is before us. Because we're to, we're, to, we're to continue on. And let me tell you, hey, in today's society, it takes a lot of patience, doesn't it? Because that's the way we're supposed to do this. So if you want to come to life, you've got to realize, man, I've got to run this race. Now listen to the next verse. It says this, because he says, run with patience, the race said it's before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When you're living every day, the thing that we've taken our eyes off of is we're not looking to the author and the finisher of our faith. We're looking at everything else, every distraction, every problem. And man, I tell you, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of distractions in the world. Uh, you know, are, are you are you really willing to, to be what God wants you to be? That you've got to set aside the complaining, the sins, the thing, and you've got to be willing to run and focus on the one whose church we are in today. And, and so I got to think of this, you know, I, I, and I thought of the, and the verses came to mind all week long is Proverbs 29:18, where the people. Let me back up. Where there is no vision, the people perish. See, when we've taken our eyes off the Arthur and the finisher of our faith, where's our vision? 
What's your vision for the church? I, I Before I, I, I came to pastor here, I, I had a little church ask me if I would preach, be their pastor. And I said, let me pray about it. And, and right when I was walking out, he says, well, here's what we want. Well, after I, I prayed about it, and I told him, give me a week and I'm going to pray about it. Well, in that week, they decided to call somebody else. I'm like, okay, I guess there's an answer to my prayer. The guy said, well, all we want, he said, you're too much for us. All we want somebody to preach to us and bury us. I said, man, that's a church that's got vision. And see, if that's our vision, then what's the matter with Our vision should be, what about when we do pass away? And as Brother Kirk said, you come out and say, well, he looks so natural. What about those who are left to carry on afterwards? What are you leaving behind? And, and, you know, if you listen to that church in Acts, boy, they were excited every day God was adding to the church, and they were doing what they needed. They were spiritually alive. And I said, Lord, what do we need to do to become spiritually alive? And, and first thing he said is, is you need to have the Holy Spirit as a source of all guidance. You know, everything. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, he says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We want to know how you tell if you're a son of God, if you're a child of God, who's leading you. That's the way to do it. I mean, how many of y'all prayed this morning for what to wear? I just go for what fits. How many of you have, have stopped this week and ask God, God, what do you want me to do today? What is it I need to be doing? How, how am I supposed to act? You know, our hearts, you know, you know, making our hearts want him. Paul said to the church in Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Because you are the sons of God, God has sent forth his spirit of a son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Paul said, do we have this, we are, our heart ought to want him so much that it cries out, Daddy, I need you. You know, I, 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 I want the help. I, I, I need your comfort. I need you to guide. I need you to show me. But our problem is, see, we've gotten so comfortable in our religion and comfortable in our Christianity that we, we, we don't even ask him to say, show me what I should do. Well, if he does that, he's liable to get me to move or do something I'm not comfortable doing. I mean, how many of you got, how many of y'all like me? I love to be comfortable. How many of you got are set in your ways? Anybody besides me? And I didn't realize how bad I was until you change one thing in my way, and it just really just, just, just floors me. I mean, I've got my pattern down so bad. I take my medicine a certain time. And, and I went to the doctor the other day. He said, I, uh, he, my blood pressure's up. He said, did you take your medicine lunch? No, why not? Well, I kind of got distracted. And that just blew it. That was it. When I got distracted, I forgot all about it. I've got a certain that way, a certain time. And the other day when I got up, Julie was in my way because she got up when I got up. And I couldn't get to my stuff. And I'm... I'm getting all flustered. That just ruined my whole entire day. 
And I said, man, I'm just setting my ways. If it don't go the way I want it, it's that way. And, and how many of you are so set in your ways? You come in, what would you do if somebody was in your pew? How dare they sit in my pew? Don't they know I always sit? And, uh, and he said, well, I'd move. But when I sat over here, this is lumpy. That other one's just formed just right. And the air blows up just right. And I don't hear you except when you're looking at me. Hey, it's great. We get so comfortable when we have to get out of that little bit of a comfort zone. We, 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 we just fall apart. Maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to stir you up to do something different. To be a little different than, than what you had. I mean, you know, let me ask you a question. When was the time, last time you felt the Holy Spirit prompt you to do something? You know, are you obedient when he calls you? And I, I got to think about obedience in, in, in the story in Acts chapter 3, verses 2 and 4. Listen to this. And it, it, it says, as they, separ as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, did you hear that? They ministered to the Lord and fasted. This is the church. Pray Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they lay hands on them and they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed into Seleucia. And from this, they sell to Cyprus. I mean, here was a church that God said, he told the whole church, I want you to separate. I want you to, to sanctify an individual. So the church was obedient. They were praying. And then they said, okay, hey, Lord, you told us to do this. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray and ask for blessings on them. And guess what? Then Paul and Barnabas said, get your hands off me. We ain't going nowhere. No, they went. See, maybe that's the problem. We're not willing. Well, well, what if the Lord tells me to do something? How many of you have ever had to sing a solo that can, I'm not asking you to do that can sing, because some of y'all can sing. How many of you, like me, ever had to sing a solo? It's not fun. But let me tell you, if the Holy Spirit tells you to way through it, because he won't leave you alone till you do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I remember the first time I got asked to lead music at a church. All I can say is, bless that choir's heart. They told me I'm standing up front of them and I'm as pale as I can be. And they said, don't worry. All the songs you pick, we know. You just smile and look like you know what you're doing. So if it wasn't for the choir, I never would have made it. But I tell you, when I got done with that, I had a large, huge respect for anybody God's called to be a minister of music. Because that ain't my... I remember when, when God called me to work with kids. Let me tell you, if you want to know more about yourself than anything, you go work with children. They're brutally honest. And they'll tell you when you make a mistake. When I got called to work with youth, really didn't want to work with those little heathens because I knew what they were like. I had been one. But I answered the call. When God called me to preach, when he called me to be a pastor, I'm thinking, Lord, you got the wrong person.
but you ain't answered the call. Maybe today God's calling you to do something. Maybe he's calling you to be something you, you haven't ever thought of. Let me tell you what it was for me. How I knew. I, it was like going and wanting to order a steak and they bring you a plate full of beans. It's satisfying. It'll fill you up, but just with what you want. So when God calls you, he won't let up. Are you being obedient? Are you listening to his counsel? The psalmist said in Psalm 73, verse 24, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterwards receive me into glory. We need people today that, that of the church who are of the spirit, but not the spirit of complacency. I had to look that word up. I want to make sure I was thinking the right thing. Here's what it says. A state of listless passivity in which you find comfort and mediocrity and the status quo. And here's where it gets really personal. While you indulge your own whims and feel your passion for God fade away. Did you hear that? It's where you basically, you get in your comfort zone and before long, you ain't excited anymore. I, have you ever been to a service? I remember going one time to a service. Man, everybody coming out of there going, whoo, that was good. Did you see this? You said, I struggled to stay awake. I, what are you talking about? Man, the Holy Spirit, I'm like, Where? Because I was so comfortable in what I was doing, my excitement for God faded away, and I didn't get it. I'm like, man, what he preached on was boring. The music wasn't that good. My seat was hard, and, and, and he wouldn't shut up. He'd come down on the floor and spit on me, and I just didn't like it. Where's your excitement? How many of you were excited to get up this morning, or was it? Oh, man, it's Sunday morning. I got to get up, get dressed. Isn't it amazing? Yesterday you wake up on a Saturday, brought wide awake early in the morning, just ready to go Sunday morning. It's the hardest thing in the world to get out of bed, to struggle to the coffee pot, to even get dressed. And then you got to come to church, listen to me preach. Bless your heart. When was the last time we got excited and said, Woo, it's Sunday morning, I'm going to go worship. I don't care about the person sitting beside me. I'm going to get filled with the Spirit of God, and I'm going to be ready for God to do something. If he don't do something, it ain't going to be because of me, because I want to see it happening. I mean, we don't get excited anymore. I mean, you, you think about this. Look at, look at that church before. Boy, they were busy doing you know, when you're in the Spirit, it means, it means you've got a love for God's Word. How many of you got a love for God's Word? In Romans chapter 7, verse 22, Paul said this. He said, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. He said, man, it comes up from the inside of me, and I just want to hear it. i, I got to hear His Word. You know, I, I want I want to know. We our problem is is we've gotten to where we don't love to hear His word. We live in a society today. You know what's the matter with church today? They want to be entertained and not preached to. 
Nobody wants to be told, hey, you're not doing your I got up and came this morning. Lord, you ought to bless me. We live, you know, we look at young people and say, man, they all think they entitled. Guess what, church? We do the same thing. Lord, you just lucky I'm here. You ought to feel blessed because I showed up at your house. Let me tell you, that's not how it works, y'all. We, we, we need to have a hunger for God's word. We need to have a desire to be fed. We, we also need to be a church that prays to do it. Amen. Paul said this. I love what Paul said to Timothy. In first, uh, yeah, say, he said this. He says, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere. He's basically, I want men to pray everywhere. Listen to this. Lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. When was the last time you got excited just talking to God? Anybody? Anybody just say, Lord, hey, man, I, I was going and I started talking. And Lord, he started answering. We just had a come together meeting. Amen. It was good. My prayer just was awesome. See, a lot of times we don't because we ain't excited about prayer. We're not excited about his word. You know, we, we just don't care anymore. What about this? Let me ask you a question. I'm going to get a little personal. And this is just to you guys. Okay? Not to, ladies, y'all ain't got to listen to this. This is us guys. How many of you truly love your wives? Paul said to the church of Ephesus, Chapter 5, verse 28. So men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Guys, when's the last time you told that sweetie pie God gave you how much you love her? I'm going to stop right there. Now I'm going to go to the next one. We need to have, we need to be a church that has courage. We need to worry to face tomorrow because, I mean, we don't get no promises of what tomorrow is. I heard a sermon this morning. I was reminding everybody, you're just a vapor. Now, I thought about that. I said, how many of y'all, it was, when I say 30 years ago, what's the number that pops in your mind? I was thinking 1970, one way off. Isn't it amazing? How quick time flies. How many of you remembered when, you know, we just we just had graduation all over America. How many of y'all remember when you graduated? Well, yesterday I heard, I think I heard the best. All these people that got old. Yeah. Yeah, we just go to school with these people. They got old. Well, I looked in the mirror one day. I said, man, I did too. I don't know who all the fat, you know, I mean, when we was in high school, I had hair. I was thin. And everybody around, there's a couple of them. There's one or two of them I can't stand because they still got their hair. They're still thin. But most of them just like, man, what happens? But I remember, you know, it's like it was just yesterday. And it goes so quick. The Bible says we're like a vapor, like a, like grass. We, we spring up, 
with God. And we got to realize we need to have the courage to face tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. As David said in Psalms 23, verse 4, he says, Yea, they all walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Do we walk tomorrow brings because God I know you're going to be there we got to where we don't know what's going to happen our, our side, the, the country we grew up in is just disappearing every day it's like there's a new sickness every time you turn we shouldn't worry about that have courage because he walks through that valley with you. We ought to have the courage to face the world. And you know, Jesus said this. He, he reminded us in John 15, verse 18, he said, For if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. I used to wonder when I was younger why that verse was in there. But I tell you today, it's easy to understand why. Because we live in a world that does not like morals. It does not like anything that stands for Christianity. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll worship a tree, but they won't worship the one who makes the tree. We live in a world that we are the ones who are hated. But what we need, I think, more than anything is we need to have love. Because without that, how can we go out and face this world? Without that, how can we do what God's called us to do? And so I want to share a couple things with you about having love. And we need love that shows in fellowship. First Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 10 says this. It says, above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality in verse 9 one to another without grudging. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of manifold grace to God. So here's, and, and I thought about it, I said, you know, if anybody would understand if it was Peter, Peter had been the leader of the disciples. The He opened his foot and constantly stuck it in there. His mouth and his foot. Open his foot. Open his mouth. Just realize what I said. He would make mistakes and just do stupid things. And so I, I thought, I said, you know, as a man like that became more of what God wanted him to be, I bet he realized the one thing he needed was his brothers and sisters and binds us. That's thing that gives us strength question to you this morning is this when was the last time you had fellowship with somebody that don't count yesterday for those of y'all that went when was the last time you initiated fellowship with somebody in the church that you don't normally see when was the last time you because hey according to what, my, what I've read about the church we're one mind one body one accord 
We might not all like the same thing. We might not all like to do the same thing. But when was the last time you said, hey, let's just get together and have just, if nothing else, a cup of coffee together. And yesterday, or no, yesterday, it was Friday when I was writing my notes. I said, so, you know, when was the last time you just asked somebody over for a piece of pie? And, but I thought about that. I said, you know, yeah, pie is one of the greatest things in the world. I'm going to share with you a few things about pie. Without pie, without a crust, a good firm foundation, it ain't pie. You say, we've got the best foundation there already is. As the church, we've got one thing that the world desperately needs and probably a lot of desperately want, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. That's the foundation that we build upon. That's the thing that we all, hey, you might not like what I like, you might not dress like I dress, but guess what? We all got Jesus Christ as a firm foundation. And then you got the, you got the good part of the pie, you got that, that middle part, that, that all the, the, the good sweetness and everything is. Everything that you've mixed together to make it. I think the other day Bree was talking about she, the, they they had a, uh, a a party for Obie's baseball team, and she made chocolate pies. I didn't get none. I'm upset. But you think all the things that goes into that chocolate pie, you got to mix it together. And see, if we got that firm foundation, that middle of that pie is what we bring to it. When you come with fellowship one to another, you bring you, you bring, and they bring them, and you mix it together, and it becomes something sweet in the eyes of the Lord because His people are fellowshipping one with another. Or a scoop of ice cream or whipped cream, something good that just finishes it. See, that's the culmination of the crust and the filling. It all comes. Uh, the world can say, "Man, I want some of that. I want the kind of." Together. They just seem to enjoy each other's personality. They might be different. They might be weird, but they enjoy being together. That's why I like pie. But I said, you know what else it is? And you say, hey, it can also mean that when you come to When's the last time you had fellowship with somebody? Just come over. Or, hey, I can stop by. Or I'll just call you on the phone. We'll just talk. If you don't want to talk, just listen to me breathe. Or I'll, I'll listen to you breathe and I'll talk. You know, what? I think that's a problem is we've gotten away from that. Oh, COVID came and we all got scared. And let me tell you, God's bigger than COVID. No, yeah, hey, when, when we had COVID... There's some of us still coming and worshiping. I had the camera sitting right here. And, and poor John and Robert and Jeff and Gina and Bree and Julie and they, they got to hear everything. I make it all about them. Slowly more people started coming. Do during that time. Did you feel Almost everybody got one of these stupid things. But we forgot. 
We forgot all about it. What about love that shows as part of your worship? Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 23, But the hour cometh and is now when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. So I'm going to close with this. When you came today, did you come to worship him? Or did you come to be a liar? So you already know the answer. Because if you come to worship him and you love him and you be obedient to him and you'll do the things that he's called you to do, you'll be excited to be here. But I'm going to tell you that the answer is, for most of us, is we came as a liar. They say, oh, not me. Let me tell you this and I'll tell you how we know. Because everybody in here is broken. Everybody. There is nobody in here that does not have problems, and everybody in here needs them, but most of us will leave without him today. He says this. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But most of the time, you're going to hold on to that problem until it gets so bad. You wonder why it's so bad, because God says, If you love me, actually want to be alive, you'll come to me. If you're excited, You'll be already there. Our problem is, is we're not running the race. We're not focusing on the around us. Carrying things that we shouldn't let go. You got to bring it to God. Bring it to God. You fellowship with Him. It was the last time you say, Lord, I'm just here. I just need to hear you, to feel you. I'm going to share one last verse. I'm going to ask y'all to come with this song of invitation together. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Samuel said, Hath the Lord the great burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, it is better to obey than sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of the rams. God don't want you play. He wants your heart. Then you didn't. Well, I, I, I want to. That's two. May I ask you a question? Where's your heart? Why are you here today? There's a problem. God's got an answer. Have you sought it out? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is we want to be a church like that first church that's alive and growing. The problem starts 
within within each well, we've lost our way we're complacent we're not seeking we're not going to you we're running a race waiting so father this morning I pray that you'll allow all of us to realize that Lord we're broken and without you we'll never be fixed so father have your way during this invitation some people just need to sit down where they're at bow their heads and get right with you Maybe somebody today needs to go to somebody and just hug their neck and say, hey, I love you. Maybe, Lord, today they just need to come down this altar and, and just pour their heart out to you. But, Father, whatever they stand in need of, some of them are carrying burdens they shouldn't be carrying. Have your way. Father, have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. In your feet, and we're gonna sing page 13 as we sing. You be obedient.
well, thank you for coming today. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful day. I want to urge you to come and join us on Wednesday nights. We're studying the rapture at the moment. We had a great Wednesday night last week, a lot of discussion. Look forward to this coming Wednesday night. So urge you to come and join that. And after the rapture, I ain't figuring out where we're going after that, but we'll figure it out from there. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful week. Remember our service here. Remember those that aren't here today. We've got a lot that are working. We've got a lot that are traveling. We've got some that are homesick. So we pray much in prayer for those that are not here. You don't see somebody, give them a call. Invite them over say, hey, you missed a piece of pie. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I hope you have a great, wonderful day. Jimmy, will you close in prayer this morning? Yes, I have a handful of people I need to see afterwards. You, you, Brian. Wayne Shirley and Miss Liz. So, just whatever y'all get done doing what you do, just come on up here and see me. <laughs> Our gracious Heavenly Father and Masters, we bow in your presence again this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your house. As we heard this morning, Father, the Word of God, so many in our world today, so many in the church have become so complacent, Lord, that they, they think they've done you a favor by being here. Father, we realize this morning, Master, that we as the people of God should do like we heard this morning, and that is come together in prayer, in the breaking of bread, in the fellowship, that we might come together and pray for our church, for our nation, lift each other up, Father, because we know they some Master, this some serious problem. They saw the story through some serious health issues. And Father, we lift them up to you this morning. Master, we beg you to touch and heal according to your will. And Father, instill in us as the people of God. Instill in us, Father, our love for you and our desire, Father, to draw closer to you, to have a closer walk with you. Give us, Master, for we well to continue to love us freely for Christ's sake. All these things we ask in Jesus' name.